Welcome to Tiki Central, Canada. Ever wonder what is in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, yeah. Me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. Wow, he has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and oh, God, get me a drink now. Here are your hosts, Craig and Cam, and their wacky views and drinks, life, and maybe information? Hey folks, how we doing? Hey everyone. We're back. Well, I'm back. Cam's in some sort of state of mode here. We're not quite sure yet. A bit of a fugue state. It's been yeah, a long yeah. weekend. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. <laughs> one of those days, right Cam? Yeah, there you go. one of those weeks. So today we're doing a live uh, broadcast from Evo uh, Greek Restaurant here in Ottawa. At 438 and a half Preston Street in Ottawa. Way to plug it. There you go. Hey. And we actually have a special guest with us today, Chris Howe, who is a mixologist and bar manager from there. How are hey, we doing, Chris? Chris? Hey there. I'm doing very well. How is everyone doing today? Oh, well, hey, I got my Timmy's. I'm all good. Amazing. I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> still above ground, so, nice. uh, you know, that's a plus. That's a plus for today. Oh, Here we go. Let's drink a couple more of these zombies. <laughs> yeah. and see oh, oh, no. Shoot. Oh, spoiler alert. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. <laughs> so so th- this is, you know, a fairly classy place. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about it? Uh, absolutely. So Evergreen Kitchen, as you mentioned, is on Preston Street in Little Italy here. Uh, it's a uh, family, family-owned family restaurant. They really promote like sharing style. They have these uh, big, beautiful mm. boards with uh, uh, delicious meats from the sea and ground. Okay. Um, charcuterie. Oh, and... There's a charcuterie as well, too. But even mm. the, the like our mix grill is fantastic, which has uh, my favorite Washington State lamb chops that we offer, as well oh, as some uh, chopped chicken. Okay, my uh, mouth is watering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we're going to be ordering some very soon. We got to. Go. It's 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 the carrot at the end of the stick for us. <laughs> we got to get through there you these. Go, yes. yeah. So Evo is that a or Evo? Sorry, Evo, is, yeah, is, is that a is that a Greek word or? Uh, so it's an acronym. It's short for extra virgin yeah. olive oil. Oh, um, there you go. Yeah, yeah. we all need yeah, the oil. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> lots lots of extra virgin olive oil, lots of lemon juice, and yeah. lots of tzatziki everywhere. Of yeah. course. Yeah. So there you go. yeah, now, now Chris, I mean, as you know, we uh, we like to talk about uh, drinks here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Is that Craig, what we do on the show? Well, um, I, I, I thought so. So, Craig. Yeah. What, 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 what drink are we doing, doing? today? Yeah. So we're doing the zombie, which actually Chris has made very well for us today. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's our first round, so we'll, mm-hmm. we're still uh, above ground here. For yeah. The now. <laughs> um, so gonna, the thing about the zombies is uh, it's a history drink that started off in tiki culture back in the 30s and 40s at the Donington Beachcomber restaurant. Cool. Okay. So yeah, yeah. so started with, with the original tiki guy. Modern Don tiki guy. Beachcomber. Interesting. That's right. So it's cool. A lot of these recipes you look at, they have a funny story to them. So in research, and I'm sure Chris can vouch for it, there's facts and then there's stories. Mm-hmm. Sure, right? yeah, like you get the and apocryphal stuff. Yeah. The truth is somewhere in between. Yeah, you have to sort of read through the line between the lines kind of thing to sort of uh-huh. understand what's going on. So the story that goes along with this, uh, mm-hmm. how the drink started, was that a traveling businessman actually walked into Don Beachcomber's location mm-hmm. and asked Don if he could actually have something made up because he has a hangover, but he has to go to a very important meeting at his work. Always a super bright idea. That's that's, mm-hmm. that, that's how a good way to start off a day, isn't mm-hmm. it? So, anyways, Don whipped up this drink. Uh, has several rums in there, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Just uh, kind of created it on the fly. Yeah, again, story. Okay. Um, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he left there, and several days have passed. And then the, the businessman came back to Don and said, "What the heck did you make 
I was not able to alert. I was not awake. I was feeling like I was a zombie, completely out of it. <laughs> and boom, the name zombie Thus came out of it. the name was born. Yes. Absolutely. Now, from that, the one of the things that actually ended up happening was that uh, Don did put it on his menu. Uh-huh. And on there, he told all of his bartenders, and actually even says in big, bold print, that uh-huh. you're only allowed to be served two per visit per customer. I see. So yes. it packs a wall up. I mean, I can I, I can taste, you know, there, there's yeah. some pretty delicious, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty delicious uh, alcohol in there. I wonder if that had to do with the four ounces of liquor in there. Oh, yeah, exactly. Boy. So me and Chris actually talked about this one time before, me and you in our discussion, where we had me and you, is that the tiki culture has now changed because now you can't put four ounces of rum in something. Right? Like, not legally in Canada. Not yeah, legally. like in okay. a bar, right? Okay, right. Like if yeah, you're at my like tiki bar, yeah, yeah, it's all, it's, everything's it's, it's game, right? So everything's got to be kind of kid-sized. <clears throat> yeah, so exactly. you got to sort of downsize the amount of alcohol that goes into it. I gotcha. Yeah, uh, not, not for it. kids, folks, just <laughs> kid-sized. Yeah, let's have four and put them all in one glass. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, so this recipe that we're going to give you guys is for if you're making it home. You're not going to find this at any bar or restaurant here in Ontario because it obviously would be totally illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the recipes that we talked about in the past are very secretive, right? The whole thing of tiki culture and yeah. Don Beach Gourmet and Trader Vic was very secretive. Absolutely. So how did this recipe come out? A guy named Jeff Berry, uh, his nickname is Beach Bum, mm-hmm. uh, has written several books, uh, which I'm pretty sure me and Chris have in our library. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he was looking for the original recipe and able to find it, and he actually put it into his book called Sipping Safari. That's, that's a very cool name. That's a cool name. name eh? yeah. like, so tropical right off the yeah. bat. And you're hunting for sips. There you it comes go. with a lion. <laughs> comes with a lion. That's right. Every book comes with a free lion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. beauty. <laughs> Might be in a cage, might not be. We'll just <laughs> let's see how it goes. So, so are you saying that uh, you know Don the Beachcomber uh, created this drink? Um, yes. But then at some point it was lost, or like like did so Don the Beachcomber was not the one who kind of popularized it in modern like today. Right. Yeah. So right. In other words, he had it in his location, his location mm-hmm. only. Mm-hmm. Now, how did it get out on in the general public? I see. Okay. Is the yeah. story that he actually did all like I said all his research. He was trying to find it out, and he came up kind of bust for ten years. Like nothing Jeff came Barry. out of it. Jeff, yeah. Jeff Berry. Sorry. Mm-hmm. 2005, Jennifer Sandiago appeared actually to um, to see Jeff, and he actually she had a recipe notebook that was like kind of handwritten from her mm-hmm. father mm-hmm. named Dick or Richard, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You know how Richard yeah, turns yeah. into Dick. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, he worked for Donna Beachcomber for 15 years. Oh wow! So, so he had, he had to... scribed the recipes down in his notebook, mm-hmm. and this is how Jeff got access to this information. Wonderful, yeah. and and then he spread it uh, throughout. Exactly, he published it, and then therefore it just kept on growing, growing, and now you see it in Smuggler's Cove, which is another book that me and him, uh, me and Chris, I have here. Smuggler's Cove is kind of like this Bible for any kind of tiki culture. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah, it's based out of a uh, San Francisco uh, bar owned by the Cates. Um, so yeah, Smuggler's Cove, and the uh, the book is uh, self-titled the same res- the same restaurant or cocktail bar name. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just to add for the uh, Jeff Berry uh, lovely story, yeah, um, how he started uh, putting together the the recipe for the zombie was reverse engineering it as well too. So he was trying trying the drink based on the secretive ingredients and mm-hmm. just going home and research and development. Wow! Absolutely. Yeah, like you said, like you take a sip, okay, I can taste some cinnamon there. Uh-huh. Okay, take another sip, I can taste some fruit, fr- grapefruit, exactly. and sort of just work your way backwards, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a beautifully layered mm-hmm. drink. Yeah, well, that's a good uh, good way to exercise your liver as well. <laughs> so, Ten so, drinks later. Uh, <laughs> you know, the zombie's got this notoriety as, you know, the two-drink maximum. It's going to mm-hmm. knock you on your butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to deny I'm feeling a little loose right now. <laughs> uh, but, but what's in it? 
Ah, so, well, I mean, we can certainly adjust the parts as, as you deem fit. Mm-hmm. But the original recipe, which I, I, not original recipe, I go from the recipe from Smuggler's Cove because I okay. think they have toyed with it in a, in a beautiful way. Um, as it suggests, as I mentioned earlier, it is a very boozy drink. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would not recommend drinking more than even one or two. But yes, nonetheless, right. if you dare, <laughs> be warned. Up for the challenge. Yeah, so. yeah. Just know what you're getting uh, yourself Cam's into. up for the challenge anytime for this. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, practice makes perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, nonetheless, uh, the recipe calls for uh, three-quarter ounce of uh, lime juice, mm-hmm. uh, one-quarter ounce of grapefruit juice, and both those juices should be fresh squeezed, of course, from, from the lime and grapefruit themselves. Right, right. Uh, it should include a quarter ounce of cinnamon syrup, a half ounce of falernum, okay. uh, which oh, is a uh, ginger-based kind of syrup, which, uh, which has some unique elements to it. I'm not hmm. going to... I uh, disclose all of it, but there certainly okay. are some uh, acquirable <laughs> recipes for, for falernum, which, again, is uh, a lot of ginger. There will be some simple syrup and, and lime. And some lime other sort of spe- special exactly, uh, yeah. little tricks. I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. You'll, I'll, you'll have to serve me at least uh, three or four of those yeah. zombies before I'll start <laughs> before disclosing. Before you loosen up. Right. <laughs> um, nevertheless. Uh, Too late. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, from there, uh, there's, there's three different rums added in. Uh, there's a uh, uh, pot stilled uh, blended aged uh, mm-hmm. rum, an ounce and a half of that. A column stilled blended in uh, long age as well, too, an ounce and a half of that. Uh, one ounce of an overproof rum. Okay. So, so that's like um, uh, the, the one I'm familiar with would be Bacardi 151. Yeah, I feel like all of us are a little too familiar with it when we were younger. And uh, since yeah, then, ditto. Uh, tend that's to stay a cautionary with it. tale right there <laughs> yeah, in its own. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Um, nonetheless, as, as this may suggest, like the three different rooms, but do bring a very unique element to the cocktail and it, mm-hmm. it really helps, helps provide the layering as can be seen with the ingredients as well. Mm-hmm. No, I've heard, I've heard one five, uh, Bacardi one five one, uh, is no longer available in Ottawa. You've heard correctly. It has been yeah. discontinued at the LCBO in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, nonetheless, there are uh, some other overproof rums available, which include oh, okay. uh, Ray and Nephew. That's Ray and the, Nephew. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. I am proud to say I still have a bottle of 151 Bacardi when that's theirs. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Holding on to it like gold. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, ne- next time I'm down in Talk the States, I'll, uh, I'll try to bring it back you up one. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, continue with the drinks. Uh, another key element is uh, two dashes of Herbstura, is what Tesmungus Cove calls it. Mm-hmm. Herbstura is a combination of Herb Saint, which is a uh, anise-based uh, spirit. Mm. So we got like like a licorice. Exactly, yeah. the black licorice kind of mm-hmm. flavoring with it, kind of similar to a, a Pernod or a uh, Absinthe, mm-hmm. um, and also Angostura bitters in there. Um, gotta have that. Absolutely. Um, outside of that, then we add in a, a teaspoon of grenadine. Okay, that that clearly adds a little bit to the color because it's sort of a peachy, like tinge, tinge of brown, which I assume is from the rum, but there's also a bit. Like a suggestion yeah. of pink in there. A little right? bit of pop in there as well. Yeah, yeah that'll be certainly yeah. the grenadine, which uh, one key component of it can include a pomegranate uh, juice. Right, of course, yeah. yeah. Exactly. In French, pomegranate is grenade. Uh-huh. Like, uh, uh, there you go. Wow, I learned something new today. Yeah. That's where the word grenade comes from. <laughs> I'm serious. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> original <laughs> grenades look like uh, pomegranate. pomegranate. Oh, okay. So they yeah. just pulled a pin and threw a pomegranate at them. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh. Go back, you. Back, you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, that was a complete... That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. Some people Sorry. are still... No, I, was, I thought you were giving alternative facts at first. It's like, oh, no, it's amazing. That's yeah. great. Yeah, no, that's actually... Yeah. <laughs> and Chris, this is how the show works. Okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So okay, so so, so you slap all those ingredients into yep. it, and uh, but but how do you actually prepare it? Into like like is this a shaken, stirred? Some other form of... So it's closer to stirred. It is a, a flash blend, uh, which includes some crushed ice and then some kind of medium cubes to give it a rolling, but... Um, yeah. so, so flash blend. Could you... Could, could you I, I think I know what that is, but could you describe it for me? Either of you? Yeah, so flash blend, how it works is that, like, you take your blender, and this is probably the easiest way to kind of get everyone on the same page. Uh, you put your ice cubes in there, you put all your drink, your, uh, your liquid in there, and then you kind of sporadically turn it on, off, on, off, on, off, and, like, kind of pulsating. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Not for a very long time, though. Like, maybe, like, 10, 15 seconds to talk. Just enough to kind of break down the ice a little bit, but it's not, like, a slushy. It's like using a weed whacker. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, I don't know where you're working, but uh, <laughs> where I come from. <laughs> Welcome to a new show with Cam. One care. Yeah. Well, no, because with weed whackers, you go. Bzz, bzz, bzz. Again, It'll be a little similar. I don't know sure. how you absolutely. work your weed whacker, but <laughs> the result will be much better in drinkability. In drink with the with this, so yeah, let's get back it, on something. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay, fair enough. So the flash blend will give this beautiful froth, and we'll kind of chew up some of the the cubes as well too. But you mm-hmm. don't want to completely chew them up, as Craig was suggesting. Yeah, you right. want some nice yeah. chunks of ice in there still, yeah, in some ways. So how is this one of your favorite cocktails, Chris? And like, and explain why you know, like you kind of got into the zombie. Absolutely. I mean, other than reasons that it just it gets me buzzed up real quick. It's um, <laughs> a good drink for his bartenders right after work. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Clock is ticking. Um, on, well, as we kind of suggested earlier, like it's it's a very layered beverage. Um, so there's a lot of ingredients that did also help inspire a recent uh, cocktail competition that I was in. Nice. Uh, as well as this, some of the original recipes call for splitting rums. Um, and this was a way for me of introducing and forcing me to kind of expand out and really start trying rums and rethink hmm. of the classifications. Like, I've, I don't know if you're like me, but when I originally was introduced to rum, I certainly thought about them in white, uh, uh, dark, and amber, etc. And spiced. Exactly. And, th- and that was kind of ex- the same way as you was, where, like, that was it. That was, mm-hmm. that was the spectrum. And, mm-hmm. that's all. and if anything, it was actually almost all, all Bacardi. I was like, yep, Picardi oh, White, Picardi Spice, Picardi Captain Dark, Morgan. Captain yeah, exactly. Morgan. Mm-hmm. And that's all we had. We were like, okay, that's yeah. that's what we're going to work with. And then you yeah. realize when you do some research or you kind of go up there, and like, except in my situation, mm-hmm. I travel, you learn, there's, no, there's a bigger spectrum out there. Yeah. I see. Which both those companies certainly bring in uh, unique kind of spirits as well, too, and that they certainly can be useful. But they're, it just goes to show as you start reading more, or as I've personally read more, it does provide like or help show how much variance and diversity there is and not only the distillation process but the regions that uh that some of the sugar canes or various Mm. sources are made in um and open up to the intricacies of rum and not not only that it you can splash some cola in there and make like an easy drinking one but also you can sip sip mini rums by themselves or or put them together and make a wonderful zombie as well too yeah, like what are, one of the things, uh, like I said, I, I to travel and I get some of these rums, and I think one of the eye openers for me was down some of these rums in the Caribbean. You can actually drink them straight up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. That's not something you can do with a lot of the rums we have up here in Canada. Yeah, they're not intended like, as sipping White rums. It's not a, a rum oh, that you can drink God, straight up. No, that it seems almost like they're more refined down there. Tastes like burn. and how they distill them and ferment them, and so then you get a softer uh, liqueur, uh, sort of spirit. Right. It's yeah. Not bit, so bit harsh. more refined. The burn of, is yeah. not there. Like you know yeah, the burn yeah, factor. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the burn factor is not there. So you take out the burn factor and you actually get to try out some 
some of these really cool rums. I guess it's comparable to, you know, the difference between Cuervo Gold uh, with, with tequila and, you know, some of the more refined sipping tequilas yep. that you can Absolutely. get. In, uh, some of the longer standing ones. I mean, a big reason for being able to sip rums is typically tied in with the aging process sure, as well, too. Yeah, or like the barreling. Yeah, which is going to be kind of similar to, so to like the scotch or, as you suggested, the tequila kind of mm-hmm. process as things get aged longer and the ingredients that you add into the distillation, it, it adds this beautiful flavoring that is very easily sippable by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right exactly. On, yeah. Right on. So, so you mentioned that one of the things that that this competition you were in recently, what what, what was it called? I'm sorry. Uh, so the competition was made with love. Made with love. Okay. Yes. Now you mentioned that going into that competition, you know, you you sort of expanded your knowledge. Uh, obviously, you know, you're studying whatever to to prepare something. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you start bartending? What and what what was it kind of like? You know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I've always really enjoyed, in reference to bartending, really enjoyed the kind of guest experience and the social dynamics. It's always been so much, so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, meeting a, a diverse range of people and just having great interactions. Not always great interactions, but a large base, <laughs> it's it's great interactions. We as know well. what you mean, Chris. Yeah. I get them too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I started bartending probably about 10 years ago, and it certainly was more of a uh, highball beer-oriented place. Sure. Yeah. Um, but since then, in the past several years, uh, because of the owners at uh, Evergreen Kitchen, in, uh, which included Elias in, in April, and inspirations like uh, Seb and Marty, which are tied in with the sister restaurant, Matty, mm. I've had it. Had That's an, also on Preston, right? Absolutely. Matty is okay. also on Preston. It's a crudo charcoal uh, grill, uh, Mediterranean-inspired. Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful bar top in there as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, nonetheless, this this as I was saying, um, the owners have given me this opportunity to start working with cocktails more, and the inspirations with the sister restaurant as well as other bartenders on on Preston Street like Jill and uh, Rupa, mm-hmm. I've given this this release, this passion and interest in continually reading, trying new techniques, and. Just learning learning new cocktails and blends and flavors that just that go together beautifully and. And I've been able to construct the uh, the most recent uh, cocktail menu for the for the fall and winter, and we're also uh, spoiler alert, releasing a spring and summer cocktail we're menu back. very we're soon. Be back oh for that. boy, Absolutely. I'm excited! Yeah. Well, one of the things actually, and like you just said yourself, is that you had this opportunity through uh, through Evo, uh, and you, I'm sure you can back this up because you're sort of the same history as I am. Where when you work for a corporate bar. Mm-hmm. It's pretty well beer, wine, and their signature cocktails. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the flexibility to play and mm-hmm. to make up new cocktails. The creativity is pretty well like non-existent. Right. You're gonna get the odd person maybe once a month. They're like, hey, make me something that you want to make. Yeah, and that's pretty well about it. It's more so, other, like you're just being slotted into part of the machine. Like you're just yeah, a cog, just, uh, the... just part of the line that keeps yeah, them yeah, going. Yeah. But once you get into a private owner or private sector, um, you have more flexibility because they see you, your talent, what you have, and they want to use that towards their for their menus or their drink menus mm-hmm. and for the customers because then that makes that place unique. Mm-hmm. In other words, the cocktails that Chris makes, you're not going to find over at Casey's or Kelsey's or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. That's to that location. And mm-hmm. that's yeah. the best part about being a mixologist and a bartender in those environments because then you can create whatever yeah, and you have a chance to play it and you yeah. have yeah. uniqueness to it. Mm-hmm. When that's, yeah, when a corporate or franchise place has so many restaurants, obviously they want to keep it consistent, which means it's cookie cutter forms, of course. Yeah. yeah. Which gives uh, uh, Craig and myself opportunities for the restaurants sure. that we work with, these chances to. To create and give it give it a, a more personal touch, mm-hmm. which, a bit more bespoke. In other words, kind of play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and get to play. Yeah. I mean, you know, like yeah. 
there's times where I'm at work and it's a slower day and I get to try out different things and combinations Amazing. and see how they work. Yeah. So where do you see, Chris, uh, cocktails um, in the Ottawa region? I know we've talked, me and you talked about briefly uh, in our own conversations about California and, and these other places like New York and stuff, where clearly Absolutely. the market is there, it's huge, it's growing, whatever. But we're, we're Ottawa, we're a smaller region. Um, made for Love is obviously like the competition we're going to talk about, but um, it, they kind of opened the door, I think, to a bigger span of cocktails being presented to the Ottawa region now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the competition we'll get into more momentarily has, has certainly helped broaden for, for Canada and Ottawa specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, cocktails in general, I think my feel on it is that the vibe and boom is, is really going on right now um, in Ottawa, ex- mm-hmm. as well as, like you said, in New York City, San Francisco, and m- numerous other cities in mm-hmm. Canada and across the mm-hmm. world as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I, I ran into a couple of tiki bars in Vancouver when I was there at Christmas. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the cocktail cocktail pulse is, is definitely bumping. Mm. Uh, tiki specifically in Ottawa is is taking some time to kind of come along. There certainly are a, a few places that offer tiki style drinks. It doesn't help it's frozen wasteland for six months of the year, right? <laughs> yeah. We certainly don't have the climate that uh, a lot of California have. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. Lucky bastards. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure I occasionally see a guy wearing a pirate hat wandering the market. So, you know, it's got that going for it. Yeah. That's not a tiki guy. No. <laughs> He's just a baseball fan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. right, right. Um, or it was the only hat he had. He got at the Salvation Army. Yeah. <laughs> so, so... One of the things that seems to uh, uh, be a common thread throughout a lot of uh, tiki drinks in particular, mm-hmm. or at least as Craig talks about it. Um, sorry, that's my <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. Is the variety of rum that's actually out there. Uh, I mean, you mentioned before that previously, and, and to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, I'm still sort of, I mean, I'm a little bit broader yeah. than, you know, white, dark spiced over proof absolutely um but but do you have any kind of favorite rums you like to work with or just like you know personally or anything like that yeah i mean i certainly have some favorites i like to work with um there's so many great rums and so many different areas that produce great rums it's, hmm. it's an excuse to keep on trying sure. to buy new bottles and the <laughs> ever-expanding i'm sure you're my girlfriend yeah exactly she lets me buy more and more rums yeah, yeah. <laughs> now i mean one thing i've noticed and i could be completely wrong about this but it seems that rums generally come from more like regions that are closer to the equator hotter places is that just simply a function of of sugarcane being prevalent there or yeah absolutely i mean that's a big thing so i mean a lot of the like nicer climates around like you said the equator so i mean cuba makes the fantastic havana club among others Mm -hmm. nicaragua has the florida cana which is another fantastic one right um so there are it's it's commonly done in warmer areas because the distillation process is quicker. Okay. Um, the amount of years to uh, grow when, when using the uh, sugar canes as well too is, is kind of sped up because of the the climate. Mm-hmm. However, there are certainly great uh, distilleries in Canada and definitely in in France. Where a big one is the Agricole from Martinique. That's that's a very kind of oh, unique okay. flavor that's Agricole. around there as well. Mm-hmm. It's certainly done. So it, they are certainly distilled in other areas as well too. But again, for expediency and and price it's it's commonly done in 
in warmer yeah. climates. Well, exactly. yeah. One of the ones I want to actually throw in there, and we actually just talked about in our last podcast, is the, the Pooser's Rum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty, the Navy, British, British Navy. Navy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there you go. It's not even in the Caribbean. But, yeah. You know, yeah. Good point. Yeah, there's certainly very a very rich history with rums that, that ties into some colonization processes. Yeah, I was so, going to say, although I imagine India. that Pooser's Rum is probably still made in British territories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, how I met Chris was actually in a competition we just talked kind of briefly about. Mm-hmm. It's called Made with Love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if Chris, actually, if you want to explain to our listeners exactly what is the competition and what's, what's involved. Absolutely. So, uh, Made with Love is a uh, competition that originated in Quebec City. Mm. Uh, it's now nationwide and even growing from there as well, too, beyond to Spain and other places. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a uh, competition for uh, major cities kind of throughout Canada. Um, that uh, includes a qualifying round, a regional round, and then national finals, um, working with uh, nice. several different spirits. And it gives uh, local bartenders an opportunity to kind of create, to put their own hand in a, in a unique uh, creation of a cocktail. Um, so I was uh, fortunate to make it through to the uh, regional qualifiers. Fantastic. Uh, thank you very much. And, and your I, drink was killer, by the way. I, I loved your drink. Oh, I appreciate yeah, it. It was great. What was it, uh, what was it called? So it was a uh, tiki-inspired uh, fizz. Uh, it was, it's, wasn't, it was still kind of calm, I suppose. It's uh, tiki in the kai, and then in brackets with diamonds. Oh, that's so, nice. Play off tiki of, in the nice. kai exactly. with diamonds. Tiki in the kai. Yeah, exactly. No, no, this, is, <laughs> this is a karaoke hour there. Yeah, all right. All so right. tiki, of course, you know, are like a lot of the statues and kind of like gods and things associated yeah. with that. Yeah. And then kai is in reference to the sea as well, too, because oh, it's always like a okay. getaway, in, in my right. opinion, with, with tiki, exactly. tiki base drinks. Exactly, it is. a getaway, yeah, for sure. And then as you nailed after it's it's uh, paying homage to the wonderful Be- beautiful song that is. beautiful beautiful song. Oh, boy here we go yeah. <laughs> so at the, at the competition uh, uh, one of the things that Craig has kind of educated me on is the importance of the various bartender tools that are out there absolutely um, and I'm just wondering like like at the competition a did you see any like bizarre exotic ones but also B yeah. um, if you could just talk about the importance of, of some of them. or Absolutely. Know. So I'm first going to kind of tie in with, with a key uh, tool that I used for my cocktail, mm-hmm. which is a tea strainer or fine mesh strainer. I see. Um, as I mentioned, I, I made a tiki-inspired fizz. So fizz is going to include uh, egg whites. Oh. Um, so the tea strainer is used for uh, double straining. Um, and what it does is keeps any particles or fragments not wanted in the drink. Okay. Um, I see. So any any egg white drink like a sour fizz, you'll you should and or a flip, you should certainly use a uh, a uh, tea strainer. Right. Um, Just keeps the chunks out basically. Exactly. Right? Any yeah. particles that you don't want in there, um, mm-hmm. it keeps out. It's. I also highly recommend it for using any martinis where where yourself or someone requests it being shaken, because then it'll keep the ice chips out as well too. Uh, However, and, yeah, I'm saying that's actually one of the important things that people don't realize is the double strainer is also to keep the ice out. Right, right. right? Yeah. So you're making well, yeah, a martini, you don't want to be like ice chunks floating around in your martini. Right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and it's a double strain, like if you're doing exactly. exactly. Right? So you have the the Hawthorne. Yeah, you're learning. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna I'm gonna set you up with a, a good uh, cocktail emporium account. We'll, no, start, we'll start getting your, your bar going here. We'll get him a bartender yet. There he goes. Olsen's gonna have a new career. Absolutely. 
And then I died of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're not supposed to like, drink the drinks. You're supposed to serve the drinks, okay? Yeah. What the what? Yeah. <laughs> for medicinal reasons. Yeah, that's right. yeah, a, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, in addition to that, for the uh, mm-hmm. tea strainer, it also helps in making a lot of syrups or juices or things like that, too, yes. in keeping these syrups and juices very pure. Okay. Um, so, as suggested, the overarching thing is to keep all fragments out of out of the wanted Understood. result. Understood. Yeah, actually, one of the ones I, I use a strainer on, actually, is a cinnamon-infused uh, simple syrup. Because I don't want the cinnamon to get in there. Mm-hmm. So, I just simply double oh. strain it through the okay. simple through the tea strainer. And, therefore, the only thing going through is just the syrup and not the cinnamons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You don't want that in there. Which yeah. happens to be in the zombie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, so, at, at the Made With Love competition, so, so you're giving your... your, your, your do, do you just produce one drink or like a few drinks and the judges come around or is it more kind of everybody and anybody can suck them back who, who, who is at the competition absolutely so interestingly i'm gonna build it up just briefly so sure. first we did a qualifying round which was uh done as a mystery box which is a bit of a playoff of a black box so there were two surprise elements it's like iron chef a little bit yeah 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 okay now, um, remember correctly, I remember reading, it's one spirit and one ingredient, right? Exactly. Um, in some spots, though, it was one spirit and two ingredients, wow. which is what I had in mind, was one spirit and two ingredients. Mm-mm-mm. And then you have any other elements that, well, anything that is, we already found out the information at the start that would be at your disposal. So, for instance, there'll be lemon juice, lime juice, uh, simple syrup, okay. egg whites, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, like the basics. Yeah. yeah. There'll also be some slightly more uh, pantry-style items that were included in there as well, too. Mm-hmm. And then any, any of the other sponsors liquors that can be like a uh, a modifier element okay yeah. okay um and then from there if if qualified for that one which you did mention i did mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Good then you get to you. thank you very much then you get to uh pick, so, so yeah. sorry yeah, what, yeah. what were your elements uh so oh. i i had a tequila 1800 tequila okay. which is my random spirit yeah. i had um That's coriander or cilantro rather it was okay. cilantro specifically mm-hmm. um and i had a lime soda from esca oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, nice. So, exactly. That interesting. Mix. worked out. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it did. Definitely. Yeah. It was very tasty. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of pressure, though. I don't remember being that nervous a long time, but yeah. it was so much fun. So did, were you able to learn from the other bartender? Like, you, you've talked a little bit. I mean, both of you guys have, have mentioned... Uh, some of the secrecy that's involved in mm-hmm. in bartending and tiki culture. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So at the Made with Love competition, mm-hmm. how did that like how how does that see you know are you all kind of jealously guarding your secrets and <laughs> not letting <laughs> anybody see how you prepare your beverage or uh, certainly leading up to it we weren't gonna disclose all of our ingredients because I mean you do want to keep some things kind of close to the chest. Sure. chest. Um, we so there was the falernum <laughs> before exactly so. absolutely <laughs> and yeah. Um, so for the second round, all of the bartenders got to create uh, create their own unique cocktail. Okay. Um, we got to pick our favorite spirit. Uh, there were two to three of each of each person going to each spirit. So for instance, there was a rum, a tequila, a vodka, a gin, etc. Right. And a couple people grabbed each one. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I as he ran in a quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got Florida Cana seven-year delicious rum. Nice. Um, and from there, created a cocktail, as I was suggesting. So I wouldn't, leading up to the competition, I certainly wouldn't want to disclose an excess of amount of information sure. just in case the other rum person didn't get it. Because, of course, it's still a competition. We all want to win. Yeah, yeah. On the other side of that coin, uh, especially at the competition and at the after party and just meeting many of the bartenders sure. since then and having discussions, 
we've certainly it's it's a very communal and friendly friendly mm-hmm. kind of group mm-hmm. so there's been many discussions on like techniques on uh on uh, ingredients that they're bringing in just like mm-hmm. fantastic discussions i imagine it's a bit like uh you know if you get a bunch of car enthusiasts in the same room or uh, exactly yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and everybody just can't can't even help it's like okay well i shouldn't be telling you this yeah. but yeah and, <laughs> and that was one of the things actually when i went to the competition it was really cool was that yes it is secretive and there is it is a competition yeah. but really uh at least the level that i was at that i visited everyone was inc- really excited to go see other people's uh creations and how mm. they create it because like mm-hmm. uh one of things on the t- each table you actually had to have all the ingredients and exactly. how you made the drink oh you had to yeah. list so that. it Absolutely. wasn't secretive at that point i see precisely um and so it's kind of cool because all these other bartenders can go around and see okay so there's a new technique of like say smoking a drink mm-hmm. or an infusion uh, there was one with a Campari infusion where they made it into a super saturated solution. Mm-hmm. So there's so, all these different techniques out there that I, we got to see. I've Absolutely. heard of smoking salmon. <laughs> I've heard of smoking tobacco. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of smoking a drink. Yeah, it's getting very popular. It's very similar to how you would kind of smoke uh, smoke food or salmon, etc. Oh. It's not the same as smoking tobacco. Okay. <laughs> Albeit you can smoke a drink with, with uh, t- especially t- cigar tobacco that can add a nice element. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, nonetheless, there's a, f- there's a few different ways. One includes getting getting a tool of a, like a Breville or any sort of smoking gun. Right. You'll have this yeah. beautiful tube that looks like snuffleupagus. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You get it into an enclosed area that'll include the drink, mm-hmm. smoke the sit area, and let it sit for a bit, and it gives this like essence essence of the smoke. The one actually, the table was right beside you. Actually, had uh, a smoker, oh, yes. and what it was yeah. was that they took old lanterns mm-hmm. uh, and then put the drink inside it, and then smoked. Put, uh, it was a tobacco, I think they were smoking into oh, it, into man. the lantern. Yes. And then to get served the, the drink, you actually just open the lantern door and uh, grab the drink. Right, so it's com- coming yeah. out of the coming out of the, out smoke. Of the smoke. <laughs> yeah. it was a, cool. It was a beautifully yeah. done drink. That was a uh, Jay from uh, Common Eatery. He's he definitely did a fantastic job. Yeah, yeah. the presentation was uh, pretty cool yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah, for sure. I don't think you'd be doing that on a Friday night at the bar though. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> a little bit more involved. Yeah. yeah, it's a little more involved. Yeah, so, Craig, um, yes. like, why do you think tiki culture in particular? Yes has this aura of secrecy around it still i think yeah it still yeah. does uh it had more back then in the 30s and 40s mm-hmm. uh the reason why is because donna beachcomber and trader vic were the pioneers of this of this right. whole tiki culture right and so when you're a pioneer of these tiki of a situation say example like tiki culture you don't want it to be spread out to see corporate land and to other people sure um yeah. and also too these locations were small little shacks like right. When they, they started off, they started off maybe, you know, capacity of like 20 to 30 people tops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool because you went to this little nook out of nowhere mm-hmm. uh, to get away from society, which is what the tiki culture is. And then um, so you go there and you can have this drink that nobody knows the ingredients, what it's in it. Right. And also, too, it's 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 signature to that. Like we, me and Chris talk about, we mm-hmm. have the opportunity to make drinks at only come if you come to our place this is the only place you're going to get it right and so that's so there's a competitive aspect to it as well well yeah because you gotta remember these guys are pioneers so all of a sudden you don't want to end up being at like you know i.e. Kelsey's hey I'll go get a zombie well I mean there's a reason that Coca-Cola you know yeah. Has has the recipe hidden in a bank vault somewhere, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so it's I mean it added that that whole illusion of the getaway and right. this is the only place you can get this drink. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I mean I Absolutely. guess there'd be a significant difference, you know, having say a zombie 
uh, you know, in your little nook, home away from home, uh, in the tiki bar with the palm trees and the music. So you're versus, talking about my backyard, then. Yeah, basically. <laughs> exactly. um, versus an Applebee's. Exactly. It takes yeah. away from the whole illusion that you're trying to create. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. I mean, with the origination of tiki in, in the 30s in particular, there was mm-hmm. a massive boom with it. Like, um, like, like after Prohibition kind of ended, I guess? Or was it like also in speakeasies and... Well, and also that, but too, like, um, reading and sure research, I'm sure yeah. Chris will vouch for this, mm-hmm. celebrities, big-time celebrities would show up at these little shacks, the yeah. Don Beachcomber and Trader Vicks. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, like Charlie Chapman would show up at Don Beachcomber's little shack. Holy mm-hmm. And that's a big thing Absolutely. For, you know, for a guy like that to show up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. that brought in, made it even more popular. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there are certainly, certainly some of the founders are kind of tied in with Prohibition as well. But, okay. uh, all, but yes, I mean, the... The big buzz was when and when Prohibition era did end, and there right. was certainly a lot of popularity with it. And for that reason, there was also a lot of secrecy surrounding it. Um, and as we were suggesting, like the the in the competition and with the kind of general bar theme, there's there's a lot of openness. Obviously, it's 2018 as well too. So I yeah. mean, there's a lot of social media, and a lot of people are being very transparent with their cocktails right. and what's included in the ingredients. Right. Just trying to um, spread the love. Exactly. Yeah. But then one of the unique uh, elements is uh that still kind of holds on to that secrecy trend that ties in with tiki as well mm-hmm. is falernum which is one of the ingredients you were so cagey with Absolutely. earlier yeah yeah um and that was one when i f- was originally researching and looking into the cocktail for me with love mm-hmm. that i asked uh, local bartenders and they were they're being pretty discreet and holding on as in i was not getting the kind of key elements with it <laughs> sure yeah exactly yeah. um so they'll, g- they'll give you the gist but then you kind of got to exactly it out yeah so they they gave a very vague, loose, like pointed direction, but uh-huh. hold on to a lot of key elements, which which is interesting. And I do understand again for one for the secretive and like always kind of protecting your a hundred percent. Yeah. But then also from a guest side of things, if you include an element like falernum or, or certain uh, secretive ingredients, like it really does help bring a lure and kind of hold on to this this idea that tiki or uh, faux kind of Polynesian pop is really an escape from the everyday and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Exactly. Helps get us, you don't know what you're drinking. Yeah. 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 Get away yeah. to these uh, pretend beaches of sorts. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> now, Craig, I know uh, j- just from our talks about you know Don the Beachcomber and these various other characters, uh, yes. there's also a bit of an element, I don't want to say exaggeration, but but a bit of a, you know, I once caught a fish this big kind of uh, Yeah, and spirit. That's there, there were stories. Mm-hmm. So one of the stories that's cool that came out of this when my research, and I'm sure Chris has read the story before too, was Trader Vic's actually uh, lost his leg when he was a young boy. Mm-hmm. But when he actually had his restaurants, what he told people is that a shark had bitten off his leg <laughs> and so actually he had a wooden leg and I kid you not what he would do is he would take a knife and actually stab the wooden leg for entertainment to show people like well look yeah, it's, <laughs> it's legit it's the real thing it's yeah, you know so you know half so, of them fainted and the other half I'm cheered sure. yeah. Yeah, it's right. so it's I mean it's, it's not always a secret of but all these cool stories that came along with it um, one of the things I read in there as well the reason why his name is Trader Vic is because what he would do is to decorate his restaurant He'd have people who visit all these exotic places bring back items, and then he would trade that in for like drinks or dinner or whatever. Oh, okay. So if I went to Hawaii and I went to his place and say, "Hey, I've got this really cool, you know, like maybe uh, Hawaiian art of some kind, art or, or an artifact." Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, hey, I'll take that and I'll give you a free dinner and, and drinks on me. Beauty barter system. Would, yeah. 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 So oh, that's, that's really great. Literally trading. That's kind of like what mm-hmm. I do with, uh, you know, furniture that gets left on the curb. <laughs> that's not trading. It's yeah, just, uh, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. I'm sure even they're going, well, you really want me to take this yeah. away? <laughs> did you know? I did not. So Don DeBeachcomber, uh, we just talked about Prohibition, actually was a bootlegger during the Prohibition. He mm, transported illegal okay. whiskey oh, nice. back and forth between uh, sort of Canada and the United States. I see. And then uh, after Prohibition ended, he moved down to Hollywood in the 30s. Hollywood. Hollywood, yes. Not Hollywally. Hollywally. <laughs> Hollywally had a Hollywally. Tongue twister. There we go. Yep. Uh, but it was actually cool. So one of the things we also talked about, too, is this, the, the, the environment and the tiki culture, right? The, the, the oasis, the, the getting away from society. Sure, yeah. So yeah. one of the cool things he actually did is he installed water faucets on top of his awnings. So then if people are like, kind of like, well, it's time to go home now. We've had a few drinks. It's time to go home. He would actually turn the faucets on. It'd be raining outside of his, <laughs> his bar. Just flick the switch. You sure you want to go now, guys? Yeah, it's Just raining. Look, look it's raining out there. You, oh, you won't have another drink, right? It's fiendishly clever. What a smart gen- yeah. thing to do, eh? Like, just yeah. genius. I wonder now, if that excuse will work with the girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> I had to stay. It was raining outside. It's raining outside, so we need to stay in and get stay warm, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give Kim any ideas. Somebody's okay? in trouble. <laughs> no, not me. Not me. <laughs> now, speaking about trouble, he did get actually in some trouble when he got his divorce from his wife, Sunny Sund. And interesting. That's, name. that's that's guaranteed. That's not her name either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she actually gained control in a divorce of all of his restaurants. Oh no. Now and the settlement. Man, I wonder what he did. Actually, I don't want to. Really pissed yeah. her off. He stayed in the bar too often because oh, of the yeah, rain. Oh rain. rain. Yeah. Oh, rain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe not recommend an excuse. Yeah, not yeah, recommend yeah. an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. So from the settlement, so he wasn't allowed to build another Dawn to Beachcomber in the States. Mm-hmm. So what he did is he actually moved to Hawaii at that time, was not part of the States, mm-hmm. right? And he actually built the Polynesian Village, which is a theme, uh, again, another theme bar. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, like, in like Hawaii, in Waikiki. Style, okay. Yeah. In Waikiki. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he kind of like, well, I'm just going to pack up and do it again. And wow. it is a very successful bar. So he knew what he was doing. Hawaii, clearly, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so, and it, now a question. And you may have uh, yes. you may have told me before, and and I, I don't know which one of you guys might know it, but do, are there any Don the Beachcombers left? Do they still exist? In the states, there's still some, I think. More of the Trader Vicks. The okay. Trader Vicks is uh, okay. those restaurants yes. are still yes. existing, and I think one of the reasons why is because one I remember we mentioned before is in Disneyland. So, mm, because it's right, in Disneyland, right, of course, right. it's going to survive, yeah. right? It's, yeah. it's plenty of clientele. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of clientele there. So, yeah. for sure, it's going to make a big, you know, it's going to survive there. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think we're seeing popping up. You talked about it. I mean, you talked to me one time about in Vancouver, mm-hmm. some tiki places popping yeah. up. I, uh, I went to Absolutely. one in Toronto yeah. called the Shameless Tiki Room. Nice. Um, so, it is popping up here and there. There are cool. some uh, tiki bars to go to. Well, and here's for hoping sure. uh, more pop up. Closer uh, to me. Hopefully in Ottawa. We, yeah, you know, it'd be really great to see one here in Ottawa. No sure. question about that. Well, that is our show, folks. I hope that we got some information out there, and I know that we've learned some things from Chris as well. And Absolutely. thanks for coming on the show, by the way, Chris. Thanks, thanks for awesome. having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And the zombies were great, by yes. the way. Yeah. Uh, Chris, is, uh, the cam has had two, and he's, uh, yeah, we need well, to I'm go off. drag him yeah. off the floor there. Yeah. And, what are your uh, thoughts on brains right now? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm lacking in one. Oh. Is that the time? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm 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 feeling a little brain hungry. That's what he's getting. Are you at. feeling like the the businessman there? Like well, I can't funny. function as, or focus as, at all. As my brain has slowly, clearly been depleted uh, on my hunger for hey, more. That's not my fault. Okay. Well, Chris, I'm looking at you. Yeah. Oh, look at that turn. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like opening a Pandora's <laughs> box. You don't yeah. know what you're gonna get, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and as mentioned, uh, coming out with the new uh, spring summer cocktail menu very soon for Evel Greek Kitchen, which will include a uh, a, co- a tiki uh, cocktail inspired from the Made with Love competition. Right, Exciting to plug that. There well, we go. I guess we're gonna be back here again. Uh, we're definitely gonna visit here again for sure. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So let's just tell you a little bit about who we are and everything else. Uh, so we are www.tikicentralcanada.ca. All one word. All one word. That's right. On there, you'll see uh, me and Cam on there, smiling and smiling faces. Well, yeah. I'm smiling. He's not so smiling. Uh, I know. He's, yeah. I think he's on his sixth drink. Picture. I think he's on his sixth <laughs> drink at the time. That's what happened there. <laughs> I uh, can't count to six. <laughs> I count for you. That's, I'm, that's I'm your true. bartender, yeah, yeah, remember? Yeah. I wish you didn't count so well at it. It's <laughs> save me some money. Yeah. That's right. He gets a bill. And he's like, what the? No, come on. I'm like, yeah, that's that's the real yeah. bill. That's, yeah. that's what it goes. <laughs> So on there, you also see on there is also just a blog for all of our podcasts. So if you have any questions, and especially if you have a question for Chris, uh, definitely don't be afraid to put one in there, and I'll, I'll reach out to Chris, and we'll oh, get, you, get you the answer. And uh, also, go don't be afraid to go visit Chris. Actually, like we said at Evo, four thirty eight. Ask Preston. Ask me questions in, in, in person. In person, yeah. there you go. or online, either way. Yeah, either way works. <laughs> uh, also, too, there is a link for iTunes and Google Play. So that way, if you want to subscribe to our show, and therefore, uh, every time we have a new episode, you will get like a notification saying, "Hey, we're, we're back." And also, too, on there is a podcast link for every single podcast we have. So if you want to stream it, like example, like I do in the car. It's a very Amazing. easy click of the button, and there you go. Entire massive back catalog. <laughs> yeah, it's getting bigger and bigger. I know the page is just going on and on. Yeah, and on. Oh, that's good. That's good. Hey, we're, we're working hard here, so here you go. Awesome. There you go. So uh, I guess uh, we'll call it a day, and uh, I have to scrape Cam off the floor now because he's had his third zombie. Yeah, well, <laughs> these things happen. <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys later. Okay, guys. Take care, folks. Bye. All right. Thanks, Bye Chris. For now. Thank Bye. you. Well. I don't know about you, but I got it for Hey guys, right? Hey, where's my drink? Hey, where's my drink?